Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. Story in the Old Testament about um, some of you might know about a boy called Samuel. When he was a boy, he was um, living with being trained up by Eli the priest. He was very young at this point, and in the night. He thinks he hears Eli calling to him and he goes into Eli and Eli said, it's not me, go back to bed. It happens three times and then, and then Eli says to him, I think God's speaking to you. And he was right, it was God speaking to him. And the thing about God speaking to you is sometimes you don't realise he's speaking to you or sometimes you think he only speaks to particular people and not you. And then does he speak to you? Does the call he places on your life, is it just one thing or is it many things and is it multifaceted? So what I believe God wants to do tonight is to stop us and ask us, are we listening to the call? Can we actually hear the voice of the Lord? Actually, I was just reading a book to Silas this afternoon called Horton Hears a Who. Does everyone know that story? And uh, he's the only people who can hear, he's the only person, well, he's the only elephant who can hear the little who calling from the, and it takes a while till everyone else actually believes that there is a little who calling on top of a speck of dust. If you haven't read this story, you'll think I've gone loopy, but it's Dr. Seuss, so that might help you. And uh, it's it's worth reading it. Sometimes God is calling and we miss it. And the fact that we miss it, is a big disadvantage for us because God has a plan for the world and his plan is to move through us and he's calling. Even now, he's calling you. And if you ask yourself, when was the last time I really heard God speak and I followed what he was calling me to do, would you know when that was? I'm sure many of you would. I think many of you would stand up and say, yes, I can tell you exactly when it was. And some of you may be, and that's not a sign of being better than anyone else. It's just that your ears have learned to tune in to that calling. Um, it's just like when you're with someone who is very musical, they hear things straight away. They hear if something goes off where everyone else just sits there and thinks that was nice because their ears are tuned in to it. Is that right, Gabby? Yes. Yes, that's what happens. And everyone, every one of us in our life experience has something that you're a little bit more tuned into that you notice. And what God wants you to do is to be tuned into the voice of the Spirit. And as you'll see in this story, sometimes you can't miss it. Well, it looks like you can't miss it, but you can still miss it and not go along with it. So I want to have a look at that tonight, but I want you to be kind of tuned in, ready to hear God speak to you because I believe he's going to speak to each one of us tonight. So let's pray into that. Father, we thank you. That you do speak to us. That we do have an ability as spiritual beings to hear the voice of your spirit. And I pray for each one of us tonight, Lord, that you'll help us to learn more completely that language, the voice of your spirit. For those of us for whom that is new, Father, I pray that we'll begin to learn that. Maybe for those of us who have gone dry with listening to your spirit because of circumstances in our life. I pray that you'll reignite that in us. Bring it back to us, Father. And for all of us, Lord, may we hear your voice and respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Because you might be sitting here tonight and you might think, I don't think I could do that because I'm not spiritual enough. We actually are. Everyone is spiritual. 
So there's not grades of spirituality, but you can learn. And with a language, learning the language, like I used to um, study French and I used to be able to speak French pretty well, but I don't now because I never practice it. But when I went back to France a couple of years ago, you sit in, you immerse yourself in a whole culture and signs and everything and it gradually starts to come back. And I do feel God saying that there are some people here tonight for whom listening to the voice of the Spirit was something you used to do and he wants to reignite it in you tonight. So here's the story we're going to read. It comes from Acts chapter 9 and it says this. Meanwhile, Saul, now just let me tell you, Saul was um, a Pharisee, a religious leader who was violently opposed to the church, violently opposed to the church. And he had many, many people um, thrown into prison and put to death. And the fact that it says it was men and women, it emphasises that, that he didn't care who it was. They were taken if they were worshippers of Jesus and they he was he's had this zeal to obliterate Christians from the face of the earth. So this is Saul. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and he was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way because before Christians were called Christians, they were called followers of the way and at this point they're still followers of the way. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but they saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in, the, in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. I always like that line. That someone's name and address is in the Bible. And if anyone would like to go to Damascus, you could go and see if there's still someone, a straight street there. Who knows? When you get there, whoever lives there now may have lots of tourists. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying to me right now. I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorised by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and he found Saul. He laid his hands on him and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptised. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the man? The same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed 
the Messiah. Now, when I look at this story, I see two and maybe three callings in this. So Saul will be the obvious one, but there's also Ananias who had to follow the voice of the Lord. And perhaps, but we don't know who this guy Judas of Straight Street is, but this man, Saul, is a terror. And he's someone that people are very, very afraid of. So if the man Judas who housed him as well was a Christian, that people are risking their lives in this situation. So you've got, you've got a variety of things happening here, which I think is really important to understand because everyone's calling is different and you have to know who you are and you have to know what God is calling you to do and you have to be able to, you can have people who encourage you in it, people who um, train you up in it, but in the end you have to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord yourself and you have to learn how to respond. You can have people around you, you can go and say, I really believe God is saying this to me, could you pray about it? and see if you agree, but in the end, you have to respond to the voice of the Lord. And in the end, each one of us will stand before the Lord ourselves and give an account for our lives. That's why it's really important that we learn to hear the voice of the Lord because our lives have actually been entrusted to us and he is the King of kings and Lord of lords and he has given us life. And so we do have this solemn and awesome responsibility as well as the joy of serving the Lord And so we need to ask ourselves as we think of the calling, sometimes we think of the calling on our lives almost like um, saying to a child, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they say, you know, I want to be a teacher, I want to be a policeman or something like that because that in, in, in your mind you think that would make me really happy. But this is something bigger than this. It, it will make you happy because the calling on your life will fit in with your spiritual DNA but it's bigger than just making you happy. It's actually the call on your life is something that you do to serve the creator of the universe. And so we have to look at it with a bit of, with excitement, the call of the Lord, but with solemnity as well and with humility and with a sense of awe that God would actually call you. He would actually fill you with his Holy Spirit. He would actually entrust a, a, some sort of role in this world to you. And do you take it seriously or do you just think, oh, you know, it's nice for some people, but it's not for me? Because I wouldn't want any of us to get to the final day and realise that we missed it, that we just sat in church and thought it was nice or we just popped into church every now and then and thought it was nice. But we didn't take this calling seriously. There's a verse that that Jesus says in Matthew. He says, many are called but few are chosen. And it doesn't mean chosen like you're nicer or better than someone else, but you responded to the call and you prepared yourself for the call. So many are called but not every person responds to the call and prepares themselves for the call. So firstly, before we look at these guys and how they responded to the call, and you might think, well, Paul's call was really obvious. You know, he's struck down and blinded. He still didn't have to respond. Still could have said, well, that's silly, because to respond to that call is very humiliating. You've got to remember, he's the guy who's going around getting the Christians with great arrogance and persecuting them, and now he's got to get up and say, I was wrong. It's not easy to say that, I was wrong. Anyone used to watch Happy Days? Did anyone see the ver- the uh, the one where Fonzie had to say I was wrong? He actually never got the words out. I'm sure if you Google it, you'll find it. So three things I want to tell you about calling. Firstly, firstly, that calling has a simple and straightforward meaning. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word that has been translated as call usually has the same everyday meaning as our English word. Human beings call to each other, to God and to animals, and animals too can call. It's very simple. A call, and God calls you. And you, 
as I said before, by being a spiritual being created in the image of God, have the ability to hear. It's just that if you're not practiced in hearing it, you may not realize it's God. So it's very simple like that to begin with. But secondly, calling has another important meaning in the Old Testament. To call means to name, and to name means to call into being or to make. Thus the first chapter of Genesis, God called the the light day and the darkness he called night. And this type of calling is far more than labelling, hanging a name tag on something to identify it. Such decisive creative naming is a form of making. So the second thing is God calls and you hear him, but as he's calling you, he's, he's transforming you into something. And you see this right through the scriptures where, say for instance, you have Gideon who says, look, I'm nothing, I'm the lowest of low in my tribe, I'm the, from the lowest tribe and I'm the lowest in my tribe and I'm basically nothing, but the angel of the Lord calls him a mighty warrior. You have Simon Peter, who was called Simon, and he was quite weak. And Jesus says, your name is Peter, a rock. So when he calls you, not only does he give you a task to do, he calls an identity for you into being. And often it's who you think you could never be, as it was with Gideon, as it was with Peter. And there's plenty of stories through the scriptures where God calls someone and he actually calls an identity into them. And God is doing that to you as well. But the two go together because the identity that he's called you to to be happens as you follow the calling, if that makes sense. So if you feel in life, say you're called to be a teacher, it happens more like my son Josh. I remember watching him when he was in about year 11 or 12 with one of his little cousins and the way he could get her to do her homework I thought was amazing. I said to him, when you finish school you can do whatever you like but let me tell you, you're actually a teacher. You don't have to be a teacher because a lot of teachers in our family so no pressure but I can see you've got that gift. And so he went and trained to be a teacher, not just because I told him to, I don't think. You can ask him. But so he had the gift, but he's become a greater and greater teacher. And you'll have seen this if you're a teacher, and you'll know it yourself if you're a teacher. As time goes on, you become that because you invest in it. And all of you will have examples of that in your life. So when God calls you to something, he's already given you the gifts, but they need to be honed and they're going to take some faith and some courage. And in doing that, an identity of you that is like Jesus starts to be formed. So that's the second part of your calling. And then the third part, gains calling gains further characteristic meaning in the New Testament. In this context, calling is overwhelmingly God's calling people to himself as followers of Christ. The body of Jesus' followers is, is a whole, as a whole, is the community of the called out ones. The origin of ecclesia, the Greek word for church. So the word ecclesia, the Greek word which we have translated church, actually means called out ones. So if you are a part of the church, it means that you have actually, whether you realize it or not, said yes to a calling. And that's why you're here today, because as you come today, it's like you being trained up more and more in your calling and you're encouraging others in their calling. That's why we're here today. And not surprisingly, the common description of disciples of Jesus is not Christian, but followers of the way, people who are following their calling. And as we sit here tonight, everyone has a slightly different calling, but everyone has the same calling and that we're all called to be followers of the way of Jesus and the way that is exhibited in the world will be then slightly different according to our spiritual gifts, our personality, our life experience but together we form the 
ecclesia, the called out ones, the body of Christ to take his message into the world. So whether you um, knew this or not, you actually have a calling. And so from this story, what do we see about calling? Firstly, God makes us unique and he empowers us by his spirit to go beyond our natural abilities. So you've got Saul, for instance, and he's already a unique person. So you already know from him that he is a powerful man and he's passionate and he's full of zeal for something. Originally, he's full of zeal to get rid of all the Christians. But when he encounters Jesus, the same gifts are used and he becomes the greatest first missionary of the entire of the church. And he travels all around. And because he's this man who wasn't afraid originally, he's got even greater boldness now. And so God takes his unique gifts, but he empowers him to do things. So before he's doing things in his own strength, he's going getting letters from the synagogues, he's going to places, dragging out Christians, taking them in chains to prison. But suddenly he is immediately, it says, teaching about Jesus in the synagogue. There's the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon him and it's like everything because he knew his scriptures well, the revelation of who Jesus is came upon him and immediately he gets it and that's how the Spirit empowers him. And so for each one of you, you may already have particular natural gifts, but when you follow your calling and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, Spirit, God enables you to do things that you never actually thought you could do. He takes them and it's like he amplifies them, he magnifies them in ways that you thought I couldn't do that. So you've got gifts now and if you're here tonight and you're not even sure if you're a follower of Jesus yet, you still have these gifts that he wants to empower you, he wants to empower with his Holy Spirit to use in ways that you will stand back and you think, my goodness, I didn't think I could do that. He will magnify the natural gifts by his Holy Spirit. And that's what he did with him. And each one of you sits here tonight with those natural gifts. And it would be good for you to consider what they are. And sometimes we don't talk about them because we think, oh, look like I'm big noting myself. Well, you're actually not because you didn't create them. You know, Gabby, as we heard tonight, sings really beautifully. But it wasn't that she woke up one day and thought, I'm going to make myself have a good singing voice. She was gifted with it. It's the same for all of you. You're all gifted with something. And so you can't be full of yourself because of it because you didn't create it yourself. You just have it. But when you give it to the Holy Spirit and he fills you, something extraordinary happens with it. And then you get the delight of partnering with God with the gift that he gave you. Secondly, God trusts us with his work despite our shortcomings. This is quite an amazing thing. Saul says, Who are you, Lord? And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now, get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. There is no reprimand. Do you notice this? There's no, I'm going to punish you for a time. There's none of that. He just says, this is who who I am. I'm Jesus that you are currently persecuting. And uh, now, can you get up? Because you've got a mission. You've got a calling. It was as simple as that. And sometimes we disqualify ourselves because of our past sins and failures, which we hang on to. And we forget that as we come to the cross, God wiped them all away as we put our faith in Jesus. And we keep hanging on to them. And he says, look, it's gone. It's like the Apostle Peter who denied Jesus. And uh, three times he denied Jesus. And yet when he sees Jesus after Jesus is raised from the dead, Jesus does not sit him down and give him a lecture. Jesus actually told him he would deny him and he said, no, I won't. And he, then he did 
And yet when he meets Jesus, didn't, Jesus didn't say, Anne, what did I tell you? I told you you would, I, you would and you got it wrong. He doesn't say that. He says, Peter, do you love me? Then go and feed my sheep. This amazing trust he puts in us despite our shortcomings. And we are the sort of people who are very aware of our shortcomings and everyone else's shortcomings and we like to talk about them. But you'll notice in the scriptures that God is not that worried about them because when we put our trust in him, he makes up for our shortcomings. And for our sins and failures, when we put our trust in him, he washes them away. And then the third thing is he redeems our past failures and he brings blessings to others through them. So you think you failed, which you have, which we all have. But when you bring it to Jesus, not only does he forgive you, he takes the mess that you made and he redeems it. You see, there's this amazing redemption story that happens because Saul was so well known for persecuting Christians, his preaching that Jesus is real has even greater weight. If he had just been a quiet person that no one had ever heard of, it wouldn't his message wouldn't have held as great a weight as the fact that he was a persecutor of Christians. And so you may have past failures and if you bring them to to Jesus, he has the power to redeem them and use them for his glory. It says in Romans 8:28 God works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. He will take all things, good and bad, in your life and he will work them together for good and he will redeem your past failures. Because this is what happened. Immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying he is indeed the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? So he, his past failures draw attention to himself. And because he's humble enough to follow the calling, um, God redeems him. The next thing you notice about callings in this story is that God never promises that it's going to be easy and that there is a cost. You know, when you look at the stories of, um, of these first apostles, these first Christians, they didn't have the idea that bad things meant that God was punishing them. They're often thrown into prison for their faith. Even Paul, who used to throw people into prison, is thrown into prison for his faith. And they don't sit there and think, I got something wrong here. They actually understand their calling and that there is a battle going on and that there is going to be a cost. And so when you're following your calling, there will be a cost. And I don't know what it is. It'll be something different for each one of us. And sometimes it won't hurt you, but you still have to weigh up the cost, as is with Ananias, where he said, but Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and he's authorised by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. And this was a scary thing for him to do. And there's plenty of stories in countries currently where people pretend to be Christians to find out, this is where it's illegal to be a Christian, people pretend to be Christians so they can go to an underground church to find out who the Christians are so that they can have them thrown into prison. And it was the same then. So how do you know, how did he know that Saul wasn't like, you know that he's on a mission to find Christians to seek them out and throw them into prison. So a very easy way to do it would be to say, hey, everyone, I had a dramatic conversion. Christians come and meet with me. And then he says, aha, I've caught you all. And it's happened many, many times, believe me, in countries where people are currently 
being put to death for their faith. It happens. So here's a risk. Ananias, here's the call of the Lord to go and pray for this man. And he, he's risking his life to do it. And sometimes the cost, like in the end, it worked out really, really well. But the cost was, was he prepared to step out not knowing what was going to happen? And that's what you and I need to learn as you hear God calling you to do something. You actually have to step out without God telling you the end of the story. And that's the scary thing. But that's where you start to become the person that you're called to be. So Ananias would have grown amazingly that day because he heard the calling and he responded and he gets to lead this amazing leader to be, to be baptised to have the scales fall off his eyes. And as he sees him going around preaching, he must, he must think, wow, I got, I got to pray for that guy. And he could have missed it. Now God would have intended Saul to be prayed for that day. And if Ananias had said no, God would have found someone else. And maybe someone else did say no because it's a scary thing to do. And it's the same for you and me. If you say no, God will find someone who will do it. But you get to you get you miss out on becoming the person that you're actually called to be because it's not just the task at hand that you're given, it's the character formation that happens as you fulfill the task at hand that God is giving you. And I would say this man, Ananias, has been practicing listening to the voice of God, and that's why he could hear the voice of God that day. Because he heard very clearly. He heard very clearly the name and address of the home that he had to go to. And he heard very clearly that Saul was sitting there knowing that God was going to send someone. So he was used, to, he was practicing. So he didn't just wake up one day and say, I'm going, to, I'm going to listen to the voice of the Spirit. He was practicing. And God wants you to be like that as well. This is why it's, there's, um, there's a call and then there's being chosen. When you are called, you start off in small things and you practice. And as you practice, you refine your skills of listening to the voice of the Spirit and doing whatever you are called to do. And then as you do it well, God trusts you with more and more and more. And I don't know what else Ananias was trusted with um, because there were many people then, as there are now, all around the world listening to the voice of the Spirit and you don't know about them all. They're just doing extraordinary things in, in, in different places around the world and um, you and I are called to be those people as well. And finally, as we say yes, we are transformed daily by his spirit as we embrace the challenges he brings to us in order to bring his blessing into the world. It says in verse 22, Saul's preaching became more and more powerful and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. So he started off preaching. But as he kept honing his skills, he became more and more powerful because he learning how to preach better. He got better and better at it. And uh, he, fu he fulfills his calling. And as we know, um, a lot of the New Testament is actually uh, the letters of Paul to the churches, an outstanding man who started off as a murderer. And if you think you need to discount yourself because of your life up till now or a past life, just think of him. And think of how God redeemed him. Think of Ananias who played a key part in it. Think of Judas from Straight Street who housed Paul. And all the risks they took. And the fact that you sit here today being blessed by the work that those three people did. And that you too have the ability to listen to God, to follow the calling. So the calling can be a life calling 
as you can see with Paul, but also with like with Ananias, it was a day-by-day calling. So there's two things. There can be something like God might say, you know, I'm calling you to this ministry, but also day-by-day I'm calling you to listen to what I'm saying, to encourage this person. It can be little things. It can be the little thing when you're just at work or at an appointment or at a shop where God calls you to to bless someone, to pray for someone, to encourage someone. So it's the very small things and the very big things and they're all the same because you could say, well, Ananias just played a small part in it but it was a small part in a massive story. And so everyone has to understand that it's not just my big thing and when it's my thing, then maybe you've missed the calling because it's actually what I'm called to do to bring honour and glory to God. And if it's not that, then you won't be, um, you won't like that thing about counting the cost. Because there is a cost and everyone will have a different one. So questions to ask yourself about when you feel God speaking to you. Is it something that's done in love for God and for people or is it all about me? And if it's all about me, maybe God is calling you but maybe you've got a bit of um, humbling to do to begin with. Will it bring life and hope to others and does it require faith? If your calling doesn't require faith, then it's probably just you. It needs to require some amount of faith to be something supernatural that God is asking you to do. So if like, for instance, with Ananias, to go to Paul that day required some faith. And the faith was even if I'm put to death this day, I'm going to do what I'm called to do. For the Apostle Paul, he had to be very sure that he wasn't just being delusional, that that was God. And then to be baptised and then to get up there and to humble himself took a lot of faith. It means that like he's a really high up guy in the Jewish faith in the synagogues who will now suddenly be rejected by all those people who esteemed him greatly. So this high place of privilege that he's worked for all his life, he lost it. It took a lot of faith and suddenly he's out of a job as well. So he's been a highly esteemed man and he's suddenly out of work and he's got a new job. So it took faith on multiple levels. He would have lost friends, he would would have lost his influence, he would have lost his income and he took this massive step of faith and God provided for him friends, influence, income in abundance. So what is your calling? What is your what is your calling like for your life? And sometimes it can change through your life. But are you aware of your daily calling? Like when you wake up in the morning, are you aware that you are a called out one who's today just available to listen to the voice of the Spirit, to do what you are called to do at any given moment? Because God wants us to be people who are ready to jump at any given moment. It's why... Um, People in the armed forces are trained up so well, ready to do what they are asked to do at any given moment because they're ready to go into battle. And I believe God wants to change, to transform the church to not just be recipients of his grace but to be people who are trained up in our calling to be ready at any given moment to do maybe what might look to you like a small thing or it might be a massive thing. But are you in tune with the voice of the Spirit? So. Let's ask the Lord. Let's pray for a moment. Father, I thank you that as we all sit here tonight, wherever we see ourselves, we're all, it's all level playing field here tonight, all created in your image. 
all your children, your sons and daughters, of various ages and stages in life. But the thing we have in common is that you created us, you gifted us, and you called us. And I pray for each one of us tonight, Lord, that we would hear your voice. If we've never heard your voice, Lord, I pray that we will hear it for the first time tonight. If we've gone dry from hearing your voice, Lord, we pray that you will reignite in us the flame of your Holy Spirit, stir it up so that we might hear your voice again. If we've gone cold to the call on our lives, start living for ourselves again, just gradually without realising us. We pray, Lord, that you'll reboot us with that power that and we can be available to you every moment of every day. May we hear your voice. Just as the worship team leads us, you can stand or you can sit. just might like to listen to the Lord, just might like to take some time out now just to listen. So you can sing, you can not sing, you can listen, you can pray, you can stand, you can sit, whatever you like. But just take some time where you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And if you think, I've never heard that before, ask him to speak to you and just see what happens. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.